What's up, y'all? Welcome to the AFW College Podcast, where we provide you with timeless teaching on all the topics you need to know about in order to follow Jesus faithfully during your college years. My name is Jordan, and here I am again on the mic with Antioch Fort Worth College Pastor, the Honorable and the esteemed Dr. Ben Moss. Ben, how are you feeling this morning? Wow, Jordan, I got the doctor this morning, man. That's awesome. All right. Well, hey, you know, I'm doing well, but I'm actually a little tender. You know, last oh. night uh, I was at a, at a life group party, Christmas party, and we were doing some Christmas trivia. And, uh, you know, our team, uh, we had a rough start. You know, we, we kind of got off. There was one movie that we didn't know. Uh, and we actually got last place. And, uh, you know, it was a little mm. bit of a, of, of a bummer. Uh, and so much to the point where when they announced the final, you know, like standings in the evening, they forgot to mention our team. So mm. I, I'm a little tender this morning, but, you know, we're, <laughs> we're doing all right. And, you know, the, the, the Lord said those who are last in the kingdom shall be first. That right? Is right. That's so, right. I so we're, that. we're doing good in that way. <laughs> That's good. Was it Bible trivia? Was I oh, hope it oh. wasn't Bible trivia. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> there may have been a, a question or two about Bible trivia, but it was not fully Bible trivia because if it had been, we would have been, we would have been first. I have full faith in that. I believe yeah. that, uh, I was actually, so I actually came from a Christmas party last night as well in a very different setting. I was at the youth Christmas party and, um, I came away with a big win from, from last night's Christmas party. It was a white elephant. Uh, and I came home with three Nerf guns. Wow. Three whole Nerf guns. That's incredible. Some, Did you like win those, you know, in a, in a good way? Or you know, how? that's, that's, uh, that's harder to say. I actually ended up, yeah, I stole them. I did steal them from another, <laughs> from a, uh, from a high school boy. And I'm, oh. I'm really, I'm not proud of that, yeah. but, um, you know what? I, I don't even I don't even remember his name, which is the worst part. And I, I feel bad. He just dehumanized him. If I, yeah. if I knew him, I probably wouldn't have been able to do that. But I just came in stone cold, and I'm not, I'm not proud of it. So if you're listening, bro, I, I'm really sorry. Uh, I'm willing to offer back one of the Nerf guns, but the other two I think I, I won fair um, yeah. based on the rules of the game. But. Yeah. Well, I, I just appreciate your openness, and I think that's really good for our listeners this morning, Jordan, just to be vulnerable and, and yeah. open. You're human, you know, so <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, just know we're all uh, we're all in the same boat. There's no special godliness that comes with being behind the mic. You're that's just, right. Well, I'm especially excited for today's episode, Ben, to be here with you again. You know, in past episodes, I've been able to come in and, and participate in the teaching a little bit, throwing in my extra two cents, you know, wherever I can contribute, little extra nuggets of wisdom. But today, I'm totally just listening as a learner, and I'm excited. I have my listening ears on. I got my pen and paper out, taking notes, perked up in my seat, because today we're talking about a topic that even I need teaching on. I mean, I really need teaching on Ben. You felt inspired this week to talk about calling. We had tossed around different ideas about what to talk about this week, but you landed on the subject of calling. And it's something everybody struggles with. Everybody, myself included, wishes that they knew God's grand plan for them. We all wish we knew what God wanted us to do with our next 50 years. And even if we don't know 50 years ahead, I think a lot of us just wish we knew what direction we should be heading in. So, Ben, help us out. I mean, we're a bunch of young people. We love God. We want to use our lives to best serve him however he intends. 
So how do we go about finding that direction? Where do we start in figuring out what God has planned for us? Please, Dr. Moss, help us make sense of this idea of calling. Yeah, that is such a good question, Jordan. And that really, to be honest, if there was one question that I was asking myself in college, it was that one. What is my calling? How do I discern my calling? How do I know what God is inviting me into? And I know for many of those who are listening to this, that might be the same question that you are having. You know, like, how can I figure out what is the one thing that I'm going to do for the rest of my life in college? Like, what degree do I need to get? If I can just figure that out, then everything is going to be okay. But the only problem with that paradigm is that it can actually put a lot of pressure on you to try and figure out what is right and what is wrong. It can actually create this insecurity that I might miss it. And for me, that's what was going on in my heart as I was starting to head towards graduation. You see, all of my friends had big offers at big time companies and jobs. And here I was with a bachelor's in Spanish education, okay? Spanish is great, education is great. I'm not diminishing either one of those. But I started to wonder, did I miss it? Did, did I do something wrong along the way? And I think if there's anything that I wish I would have said to 22-year-old Ben, it would have been this, you're not gonna miss it. It's gonna be okay, and God's gonna lead you. He's gonna be faithful to revealing his calling for your life and his time. And just the spirit of that, I think, can be so encouraging to our listeners. You know, it says in Proverbs 16, 9, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And that is so freeing. And so I just want to encourage everyone, you can take a breath. You can breathe. You might even do that right now as you are thinking about your future. You might just take a moment and go and take a breath and breathe because he's got it. He's going to take care of you. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm going to take you up on that, Ben. Just taking a breath right now. You know, I'm not going to miss it. God's got it taken care of. That feels good. That is something I can rest in. Okay, now that I'm de-stressed, I think you're right that, that pursuing your calling is best when you're confident in the Lord's love and confident in his sovereignty. And now that we are there, we are free to start seeking what God has for us. So from this healthy starting position, Ben, tell us what else we need to know before we can really start thinking about God's call on our lives. Yeah, you know, I think in order to, to frame calling, we have to first think about what's a clear definition of what calling is. And I've heard this said before. My, my mentor, Carl Goley, told me this in college. He said, calling is a summons from God. Real simple. Calling is a summons from God. Now, if you think about different things we get summoned for, one of the things I think about is getting summoned for jury duty, jury duty right? You, you go in and you're summoning, and in that summoning, there's purpose. And so in our calling, there's, there's always purpose. But there's not just purpose, there's always joy as well. There's always life in it. And so that definition has kind of just helped me frame it over the, the years, that calling is a summons from God. Another thing that I often hear students ask is, do you find your calling or does your calling find you? The answer is yes. <laughs> yes to both. Mm. You see, there's certain times in my own life, Jordan, where I feel like through a process of trial and error, I discover different aspects of my calling. 
So one example of that for me was in college, I was teaching high school Spanish and I would get to the end of my day hanging out with high school students exhausted. Okay. High school students are great. So all you youth <laughs> pastors, youth ministry, praise God for you. Okay. But I would get to the end of it and I'd be like, man, I'm not getting a ton of life from being around high school students. Yeah. And then I moved to Fort Worth five years ago. I started to work with university age students. And all of a sudden I get to the end of my times with them going, that was a blast. Like college students are literally the most exciting people <laughs> in the world. And I just want to be around them all the time talking about Jesus, talking about how he's working in our lives. And there was life in it. But I wouldn't have known that if I didn't knock on some different doors, if it wasn't through a process of trial and error. So I think sometimes part of your call, parts of your calling are revealed through you seeking it out. And then other times, I think sometimes your calling finds you. So for me, what one of the ways that that looked like is I remember as I was finishing up my second year of, of doing my master's program, I was trying to discern, God, what is next? What's next for my life? And one day I was in Mongolia. Okay, I was on a mission trip. I don't just go to Mongolia for fun, although it is a great place. Uh, and I just said, okay, God, I want to take an extended period of time. I'm going to set aside a whole week just to pray and seek you about my future. And one day while I'm out hiking, I just felt like the Holy Spirit just dropped this little seed in my heart saying, Ben, I've called you to college ministry in this next chapter. Now, it wasn't like the clouds parted and a thundering voice came down. It was just this little nudge. Well, that nudge began to be confirmed and a number of different ways as different people started to come to me and say, hey, Ben, I I see this in you. And ah, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like God. And it was like this desire and this passion was growing inside of me. Mm. I didn't put it there. God dropped it there. He put it inside of my heart because actually it's his calling for my life anyway. Right. It's not yeah. my own. So sometimes you find parts of your calling and other times it finds you. But it's both and. And we don't want to lock ourselves into one box or the other. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Man, that is, that's so important to know, to think that it happens both ways. That sometimes uh, you're seeking your calling eagerly, and in that path, it's revealed to you. And sometimes just by being faithful, just by, by following God, just by devoting yourself to a relationship with Him, He can also reveal those things. So with those two ideas in mind, it's nice to think that we, we know where to start or we know uh, where to have our ears open, where to have our eyes open to be able to detect those little seeds, those moments where we can uh, just get a little sliver of God's vision for us. Hey, y'all. I want to take a quick break from this conversation to make sure you guys know about the AFW College Ministry Winter Retreat that is happening on January 16 to 17. For the first time ever, we are ushering in the spring semester with a whole weekend of reuniting with community, seeking God's will for the new semester, serving the city of Fort Worth, and of course, having a ton of fun together. We have so many exciting things planned, all centered around Jesus's invitation from Isaiah 55 and Matthew 11 to come to me. All weekend, students will have the opportunity to come to Jesus through worship, teaching sessions, service with Unbound to fight trafficking in the city, and of course, playing games and goofing around in this community Jesus has blessed us all with. $20 is all it costs to register, and that covers four meals, the opportunity to beat Ben Moss at mini golf, and a newly designed Antioch College Ministry long sleeve tee. 
That's right, swag is included. We are really believing that God wants to move powerfully in our lives before the semester starts, so sign up at antiochfortworth.churchcenter.com. Come, reunite with all your friends, and find Jesus' vision for your spring semester. It's going to be great. Hope to see you guys there. That's so helpful, Ben. Give us some more. What else you got? What else was helpful when you were our age? Yeah, there was one big verse for me, Jordan, that really stuck out in Scripture, and that was Romans eleven twenty nine, And it says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. The message translation says it this way, God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty, never canceled and never rescinded. Hmm. There was so much freedom for me in this one verse. The, the first thing that I found freeing was that word calling. The, the Greek of the word calling actually means invitation. And I love that. You know, it's like, okay, God has an invitation for me. This isn't about me figuring something out or arriving at something right or wrong. This is an invitation. This is a this is a leaning into the Lord and him leaning into me. It's like he's extending his hands to me going, hey, I'm inviting you into more of me. It's an yeah. invitation. The, the second thing was um, that it's irrevocable. I can't miss it, <laughs> right? It's God's call on my life. It's not Ben's call on Ben's life. It comes from him. Yeah. And if it comes from him, it sets me free to know that I'm not going to miss it because yeah. he wants me to walk in my calling even more than I do. Right. It can't be rescinded. It can't be canceled. It's irrevocable. I was really encouraged by that. Another thing that was huge for me was these three different concentric circles. So I just want everybody to imagine you've got three circles and they're coming together and you've got a little center point. Okay, so I'm going to unpack this a little bit for us. And at the intersection of these three circles that I'm about to mention is where I think you start to knock on the door of your calling. All right, the first circle is this, God. Good, good first circle, right? Good, good first circle to have. So what do I mean by that? Well, how is God speaking to you uniquely in your life? You know, how is he revealing himself for you? One of the things that I often encourage our seniors specifically who are graduating and thinking about the future is take some time to do what I like to call a 40-day journal. And you can really use this in any major decision that you are making in your life. And just on day one, here's what you do. On day one, write down what are the different options. So I've got these three different business opportunities. or I've got these three different locations that I could potentially move to when I graduate. Write down what all the options are. On days two through day 39, set aside some time in your morning time with Jesus to just ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying to me about these options? And in those moments, let God speak to you. Let him bring things to your mind and write down whatever you feel like the Lord's saying. Okay, your goal is not to discern, is this God, is this not? That's not what you're doing days two through 39. You're just writing down what you feel like God's saying. That's freeing, right? And then on day 40, look back and see if there's any themes of what you felt like God was highlighting. Because I've often found that God speaks to me in themes more than he does direct words right from heaven. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. So do a 40-day do a journal. So how God is speaking to you uniquely. Another way you can discern how God speaks to you is what first captivated your heart for Jesus? Yeah. 
what first just got a hold of you for the gospel story and what what elicited a desire to follow Jesus within you? Mm -hmm. uh, another way you can think about that is what are just the God-given gifts that are on Jordan's life yeah. or whoever's life? Romans 12, 6 through 8 says, we have different gifts. Can I just set everybody free and <laughs> say, you have different gifts. Yeah. Your gifts are not my gifts. Praise the Lord, because mm -hmm. we're uniquely made in his image. And it goes on and it says, if your gift is prophecy, then prophesy. If it's serving, serve. If it's teaching, teach. Mm -hmm. If it's encouragement, hey, by the way, you're an encouraging person, bro. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, you, I think you got that gift. <laughs> uh, it, then it says encourage. If it's giving, then give. If it's leading, then lead. And if it's showing mercy, then show mercy. So, uh, you know, sometimes you might ask yourself the question, how do I know what those gifts are on my life? And one of the ways I think you can discern that is when people come to you, what do they just say you're naturally good at? Yeah. Like when Jordan does this, it just helps me know God more. <laughs> like it, yeah. it connects me to the heart of God even more. You know, some people, they love to host the party at their house. Mm -hmm probably have the gift of hospitality. You know, some people that's draining for them. Some people love to serve. They're like, I just want to serve, serve, serve. Some people love to teach. I love to teach. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> uh, some people, when you just get around them, you're like, I just am encouraged because I just spent time with them. Not because of anything they said. I just, yeah. they're an encouraging person. So what are the God given gifts on your life? And one little practical resource I want to give a shout out to is we actually have a gifts assessment packet available on our website that I want to encourage people to check out. And it's got like 36 different God-given gifts. And it's actually a, a questionnaire that can help you to begin to discern what those gifts are in your life. And I just want to encourage everybody to, to check that out. So that's, that's circle number one, God. All right. That's a big circle. So number one, God. So what do you think about that, Jordan? That's a good place to start. I wouldn't want to start anywhere else. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. So circle number two, that, that's the right answer, by the way. Uh, circle number two in our three circles is the circle of passion. Oh, man, this one gets me excited. All right. Uh, what do you love? Like what makes you laugh? What makes you cry? Uh, another question you could ask, what are you willing to sacrifice for? Hmm. Mm. Like when you sacrifice time and money and energy and effort, what things bring you joy in the sacrifice? Uh, you know, for me, one of those things is Charlotte and I love having people over to our home. Yeah. I mean, when we got a home near TCU's campus, it was like, this is the best thing ever. And we are so willing to sacrifice our home. And in fact, I just want to say to everybody listening to this, we have an open door policy. Mm -hmm. We want you to come into our home. It's a joy for us to get to do that. Uh, with passion, another question you might ask is, what do you find yourself talking about all the time? Okay. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, when, <laughs> Buckle up. Buckle up, everyone. <laughs> when, when I was in college, man, I talked about Baylor football non-stop okay mm. i literally my junior year in college they were in the fiesta bowl i flew to el paso got a rental car and drove 10 hours to some place in arizona to go watch the baylor bears lose the fiesta bowl okay <laughs> and i i came but i came back from that experience and i was like 
this is awesome. Like, this is the best thing ever. Okay. I'm realizing there's a little conviction in my spirit right now of like, I'm, I'm a little more excited about Baylor football than I probably should have been at that time. You've come a long way. I've come a long way to support the frogs. Go right? frogs. Uh, go frogs. So, but uh, what do you find yourself talking about all the time? That, that's a, you know, a, a helpful question for revealing your passion. Uh, the, the third thing in the passion area is what elicits compassion inside of you? Yeah. If your passion doesn't lead you to compassion for people, then it's probably a self-centered dream that's ultimately not going to advance the kingdom of God and bring out purpose inside of you. One of those things for me when I was younger is I used to go on mission trips to Honduras, and I love those times, man. And we would minister at this orphanage, and I remember just getting to the end of those times and being like, Jesus, I love your kids. Like, I love your children, and I, I want to be around them. And now to this day, Charlotte and I have the opportunity. We're getting to sponsor a, a kid in Peru, actually. And yeah. God was planting seeds inside of me of yeah. compassion for his kids. I don't know what it is for you, but what, when you're just going about your day, what elicits compassion inside of you? Yeah. That's closely tied to your passion. So that's circle number two, passion. Mm, shoot. That is so useful. I, I just had experience with this the other day, actually. I was having coffee with uh with youth youth pastor Graydon and we were just sitting there getting to know each other and he just out of the blue hits me with the question just hey what are the topics what are the like ideas the subjects that just get you fired up get you riled up and when he asked that question I just got excited but I was trying to think and I just like couldn't think of like a single subject you know I was I was excited to be able to talk about something I was passionate about, but I'm like, man, there's all these things. I'm not sure what it is. And just by thinking about it, I finally got to one. And since then, just that one thing, just determining that one thing that I'm passionate about has just been on my mind. And I've just been like eating from it, just going back to it, back to it, back to it. It's something that we don't think about a ton, you know, and maybe, maybe just in passing, you know, we don't really realize how often it's on our mind, but then when we name it or when we pray into it or try to figure, you know, when we're asked that question, forced to give an answer, all of a sudden it's you just realize your heart for it, and all of a sudden you realize like that that's a God-given heart for it, a God-given fire in there. So I love that passion. I can tell you you love that. Okay, well enough enough of that. Stop keeping us waiting. Give us the third circle. What's that third thing that we should be looking into? Good question, Jordan. Well, the third circle is the circle of prayer. You know, I've heard it said before that God doesn't anoint people. He anoints people of prayer. And there is an invitation for each one of us to step into the place of prayer. And I actually think that when we're praying, it reveals something about our calling. So what do you mean by that? Well, what do you naturally start to pray for when you enter into that place of prayer in your own life? You know, for me, when I was in college, one of the things that I really struggled with was my identity and just being confident in who I was in Christ. And, you know, I was all about kind of the, the performance deal, and a lot of my identity was wrapped up in what other people thought about me. 
And I remember just God beginning to gently in his kindness draw me to himself and say, Ben, if you're ever going to fulfill your calling, you need to begin to develop security in the quiet place with me and your identity of who you are in me. And so I just, man, started to go on these long prayer walks where I would meditate on these different verses of who I was in Christ. And I would just pray and pray and pray. And what started to happen is that those affirmations and confirmations in my own heart, they begin to become prayers for other people. And I started to just pray that other people would experience their identity and other people would know their confidence of who they are in Jesus, that their identity would be found solely in him, what he's done on the cross for them, the price that he's paid for them, that that would be where they rest and where they find their hope and where they find their purpose. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what it is for you, but there are things probably that when you're spending time with Jesus, you just naturally kind of start to drift towards. And those might be different aspects of that are connected to your calling. So that's that's a third circle uh, prayer. And, you know, Jordan, what I love about these three different circles is it's not about one or the other, right? Mm -hmm. It's the unity of the three of them. It's Mm -hmm. bringing them together that when you consider these different aspects, I think at the intersection of them, you're starting to discern. You're starting to find some clarity Mm -hmm. on what God is inviting you into in your life. Yeah, what a good just way to think about it. Just a a useful paradigm when you're when you're thinking about calling and it just has me thinking we can take this and like put it on paper draw these circles and fill them in you know and actually ask those questions what what gifts has god given me what desires has god given me what am i praying about all the time what what from my prayer life can i see is really i'm really passionate about we can actually look and find this intersection right and it's like a practice it's an actual practice this big idea of calling something that we can actually uh, go to, to to find at least a direction, right? And that's what we're looking for. So, I mean, I encourage all you listeners, go try that out. Get in, the jur- get in your journals, you know? Um, I want to do it. I'm going to go home and do it. This is great. <laughs> and Ben, there's something else. I mean, I get the I get the privilege of being able to look through your notes ahead of time. Uh, spoiler, if all you thought this was just a uh, just movie magic and we we're just normal, this is just natural. It mostly is, but I also get to see what you're talking about. And this next part is so good. This is where I mean, it was good. this is this is where you find the quotes that go above your desk. You know, this is really good stuff. And so I want to encourage all you guys zone in on this, Ben. These three circles, they're great, but you think you say that there's something else that kind of surrounds all these things and and holds them all together. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I don't know if this is a quote that's going to go above your desk, but (laughs) the glue that holds these three different circles together is the glue of character. Another way to say that is that calling is held and contained in the crucible of character, Jordan. Mm -hmm. If a deep base of character is not established, your calling will eventually kill you or you will kill your calling. And out of God's kindness to us, he will not release his glory to an untested vessel. Hmm. Let me unpack that a little bit here through one particular Bible character that we all love. And his name is Nehemiah. 
Now, we know Nehemiah for being this incredible man who uh, rebuilds the wall in Jerusalem in just 52 days. We know him for his incredible wisdom as he takes on this huge project and delegates different tasks to different people. We know him for being a fearless leader that when the enemy comes and tries to destroy this project that he's working on, he responds in prayer and he unites the people of Jerusalem together. We know him as the restorer of the ancient city of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Everything about Nehemiah's story that we know is that he's a hero. But what we don't often talk about is the story behind the story. And I just want to share a little bit with us, and I, I want to encourage our listeners at some point, open up Nehemiah 1, read all of verses 1 through 11. For the sake of time, I'm just going to highlight a couple of verses here to us. And the first verse is Nehemiah 1, 1, and it says this, The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. Notice that. Nehemiah is not known by his own name. He's known by his father's name. He's known as the son of Hakali. You say, what, what does that mean? Well, when God calls Nehemiah, mm -hmm. he's not the restorer of Jerusalem. He's not this incredible hero. He's another Jewish boy that's born during the period known as the exile when the Israelites were deported to Babylon after centuries of sin. Mm -hmm. And that's important to know. Because I think sometimes some of us think because we didn't have an extraordinary upbringing, because we had an ordinary upbringing, God can't release something supernatural in our lives. Can I just say that is not true. I've heard it said before, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Mm. And that's freeing to know that regardless of your past, your past does not determine your destiny. Because of the blood of Jesus, you have an invitation to step in each and every day to different aspects of your character. So Nehemiah was an ordinary guy. The second thing that is interesting to me comes in Nehemiah 1 verse 11. And it says this, Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. And then it says, I was a cupbearer to the king. Mm. Guys, Nehemiah was a cupbearer. And in those times, being a cupbearer basically meant that you were a butler. So Nehemiah's sole job was to do whatever the king asked him to do. Mm -hmm. Sound flashy? No. Sound selfless? Yes. Mm -hmm. And Nehemiah was willing to do a mediocre job. He, he could have completely checked out, been like, God, I can't believe you're calling me to do this. But God had given him assignment. Mm -hmm. He said, okay, I'm going to be faithful to it. And we quickly learn from Nehemiah's story, this is huge, mm -hmm. that calling is more about being faithful to where God has put you and less about arriving at a certain point. Yeah. And that's really freeing. That if we make our sole ambition to be available to God, we can rest that God is going to make his calling for our lives sure and confident, and he'll reveal it to us. Mm -hmm. That's why I always encourage our college students, use your college years to say yes to the next thing that God puts in front of you, and you never know that you might be a part of something that's bigger than you. Yeah. I remember my senior year when I was getting ready to graduate, Jimmy Seibert, the leader of the Antioch Movement, mm -hmm. came to me and he said, hey Ben, I was praying and I feel like God is calling our movement to go and plant a church in Mongolia. 
And he looked at me as a 22-year-old, and he said, Ben, would you be willing to be the leader of the team over there to Mongolia? I looked back at him, and I was like, no. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't actually say no, but that's what I was thinking in my spirit. I'm like, yeah. you're crazy. No way, man. But I went back, and I prayed about it, and I felt like God just so gently spoke to me and said, Ben, this is an opportunity. And you can either say yes or you can say no. And I just, I, in that moment, said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to say yes. Spent a ton of time building out resources, gathering together a team. And about a year later, three weeks into the trip, I'm sitting back uh, in this room that is in this hotel where we planted the church. And there's 500 Mongolians that are gathered there. Wow. And that one night, 200 of them gave their lives to Jesus. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, it was worth it. Mm -hmm. God, I don't want to say no to you. I want to be available. I just want to be a man who says yes to the next thing that you put in front of me. And when we do that, there is no limit on what God can do in us and through us. You know, Nehemiah, as he is gathering together and he's serving the king, God is building this one aspect inside of him of character. And when Nehemiah finally has the opportunity to go before the king and ask for permission to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem, check out what happens as a result of his faithfulness. Nehemiah 2 verses 4 through 6, it says this, The king said to me, What is it you want? Pause, time out, drop mic. The king of Persia is asking a servant, what is it you want? Because Nehemiah was cultivating faithfulness all along the way. And then the passage goes on to say in verse 9, the king sent army officers and cavalry with me. Basically, Nehemiah gets an all-access pass to the road in Jerusalem. He gets a cavalry to guard him and protect him along the way. He gets the royal treatment. He gets the royal ex, ex, uh, escort. Why? Because he was faithful in the little. I've heard it said before, it's easier to teach a faithful man skills than to teach a skillful man faith. So I just want to encourage our listeners to ask themselves two simple questions. Number one, where is God inviting me to be faithful in this season of my life? And number two, how can I partner with him in extending his love in that area? And you know what? That's freeing. Because if you're in college and you're going to school and you're working on quizzes and tests and you know, you're wondering, what even is my purpose? Why am I, why am I doing it? Your purpose is to cultivate faithfulness. Your purpose is to cultivate character. Because in the middle of that, there's parts of your calling that God wants to release in you and through you. Yeah, and you're right, Ben. That's good news. That is so freeing because character is something we can be investing in now. You know, we might not know completely if God wants us to be teachers or pastors or businessmen or whatever. Whatever those hard skills are, those are kind of hard to be working on now without fully knowing what, it, you know, what path we're supposed to be taking. But we know for sure that God wants us to be men and women of his character. You know, I've heard it said that gifting will get you in the door, but character is what's going to keep you there. And it's so freeing that right now we can be developing that character so that we're, we become the people that God can use further down the road. Yeah. And something else that I just thought of when you're talking about those yeses, saying yes to God, is 
we never know what is on the other side of those yeses, right? You know, we we don't know if a yes today is, uh, you know, if a, if a yes to go talk to someone or pray for someone in life group or disciple a younger student, whatever commitment, just saying yes to that. We don't know if that's meant to bless you or to, to bless someone else that day or if that yes is going to set you on a whole journey into a life that gives you that satisfaction, fulfillment of uh, a fulfilling God's calling, which is awesome. Uh, and that's something, another thing that right now we can be doing, right now we can be thinking about to be able to discover what, what that big calling is that we all want to know. Well, that's a lot of stuff, Ben. That's a lot of stuff for us to be chewing on. Uh, we talked about calling being a summons from God. We talked about how that summons is irrevocable. We talked about where we can go to find those things, but those overlapping circles. And then we've talked about how character Character is that glue that holds it all together. Ben, thank you so much for all your guidance. All this great wisdom is so, so useful. These listeners and I certainly have a lot to pray into this next week. However, we are not done talking about this. Ben, you have more to say somehow. There's more to say. Next week, we're going to be talking about what calling looks like personally for all you unique people out there. How your calling looks different from other people calling and what you can do today to start discovering it. You'll be able to listen to that next week. But until then, I'm Jordan. That's Ben. This has been the AFW College Podcast. Be blessed, everyone. See you guys next week. <laughs>